I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by just Lou. Just Lou on this episode. Tyler is unable to join us, so Lou and I are going to chat about a couple different things. We've got Chiefs Panic Meter, Tampa Card Show. We've got some Play of the Week submissions to talk about, as well as Q&A that we took from uh, from you, the listener. So uh, we're going to get into all of that. But first and foremost, I know a lot of people are uh, coming on to hear our thoughts about the race on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I know Lou and I were trying to talk. I was trying to talk to Lou about it before we started. And he's like, hey, 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 we got to save this all for uh, for the show. So, Lou, let's 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 just get right into it. What wait, is wait, 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 wait. We, should we do what's on our mind first? Or we're just going to no, that's what's on abandon? our mind. We know what's on our mind. OK, fine. I have something else I want to talk about, but I'll bring it up later. OK, cool. All right, so what are you uh what 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 are you thinking? What are you feeling right now? What's uh, uh I've emotionally moved on. I was very very upset yesterday morning. I was very upset yesterday morning. I it's still, you know, people make fun of us now cuz like we don't know every intricacy of F1. Like I still don't fully understand how it all went down yesterday. Uh well, Sunday for people listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday. But it was interesting. It was a wild race. An unbelievable ending. If you're not, if you're not a biased person like I am, after my short time of liking F1, I'm obviously Team Lewis pretty aggressively. Um, so it was an unfortunate ending for me, but it was incredible. It's a wild ending. Honestly, I don't think you can ask for more. If you're like someone who is saying we want to grow F1 to a wider audience, like doesn't get much more exciting than like a crazy crash at the end leading to a weird rule change that no one fully understands, leading to like a huge upset in the final lap of the most important race of the year. Like you couldn't have really asked for much more from an intrigue standpoint. So before I get too much into my thoughts on it, you said, you know, couldn't ask for much more. But I had a couple of people reach out to me on like Twitter that said, hey, this was my first race. The rule change, like it kind of seemed rigged. I'm not sure I would ever watch again. Do you think it was actually overall good for the sport? Like with what happened? It's a massive net positive for controversy in sports. It's just that's always how it is. It always is. You know what it's going to be like on the show when when they show all this? It's going to be outrageous. I might have to watch that episode first. So, you know, Max is not in. Yes, Max is not being filmed. But the most important part is going to be watching. Like, for me, the thing I want to see the most is watching Toto freak the fuck out about what happened in real time. Do you see the videos of him, like, th- that night and everything, like, partying? At the club, yeah. Unbelievable video. Same thing with Botas, too. Just going bananas. Yeah, I mean, it said, I saw the, the memes that were like, uh, Lewis and Toto on their way to boycott the decision and uh botas is just jumping in a freaking pool yeah it's it, it was definitely a wild scene and they won the constructors so like that's great and all that but it was it was an exciting race and i think it, i guess if it's your first time watching and you can kind of view it as like you know sketchy things you, you going can on. view it as like the brown you know the your your favorite nfl team is going in for a touchdown yeah and then somebody on the sidelines the somebody in the sidelines gets hurt the referees call timeout while you're on the five yard line and there's no defender for 20 yards. Yeah. And then, hey, your team doesn't actually end up scoring and they lose yeah. because something happened on the sideline that was not in the game. I'm like, 
So what yeah, I didn't understand defend, is you're like, defending a Hail Mary with like eight guys on the field. So it's like, and this is where I'm so confused by like the rules in F1, right? Five laps to go. Lewis is up 13 seconds on Max, right? So he's at this point, he's going to need a over a two second pace per lap positive on from Max on Lewis to, to catch up, right? So the odds are not in his favor, even with the better tires, mm-hmm. right? Latifi hits a wall, right? And crashes for no reason They, I mean, no reason. Uh, the next thing you know, they're like, hey, there's two options here. Either they can restart and get one lap of racing where Max doesn't get to pass the five cars, the lapped cars, right? Because the fifth car was Lando. So once Lando came out of the pits, Max needed to pass him too, right? Just there's five cars or they could end on a caution car and Lewis would win on a caution. Would have been right? a real shame if that happened. Would have been a real shame if that happened, but he would have won, right? So instead they do none of that and say, hey, you know what? It's a race. We want to race. So if that is your case, why not give a red? Let them both pit, let them both change tires, go four laps for the end, both on fresh tires. And let's see who's actually, like if you actually want it to be a yeah. race. My view of the ending was two things. One, the Mercedes pit really blew it. He definitely should have changed tires. I get like the the track positioning thing, but they're going to bring them all together anyway. So the track positioning doesn't really matter. So you might as well just get the new tires. The second time for sure. The first time I get it, the second time, definitely will get the tires. Well, I thought the second time he was just past. He was just past the... I feel pretty confident. And again, I don't know anything. I feel pretty confident if he wanted to get new tires, he would have been able to get new tires. and. And there was also some confusion about they only it what he didn't end up passing all the cars. He only passed some of the cars. Max, is that right? No, he no. They went one and two. Right. They right, went right, one right. And two. But then and when they did the they did the uh, the appeal, they said that one of the, the two rules that Mercedes cited in the appeal. Eventually, what the FIA said was that one overrules the other, in which case, my question is, why do both rules exist if one if one trumps the other like it shouldn't even be there then so that part's confusing true but it is what it is the crazy part is that we're three months away from the from the the start of the yeah that's one thing i really did not realize that i'm actually super excited for is the small off off season yeah right this is like a year round i mean this is three months off we're back in power three-fourths of the year right 90 days four three sixty so yeah you're talking about three-fourths of the year they're back for march i think and that is one thing, like, kind of the going into what's on your mind. I did not realize how much I, like, I, I've enjoyed it, right? This has been fun. Reg likes it. Like, we watched the races. In. Like, how emotionally distraught I was after that loss. Like, it wasn't Ohio State, Michigan, but it was up there with, like, Ohio State, Alabama. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> oh distraught. I'm like, this is, this is it was shit. The reason why, because it was so weird, because they said, no, 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 we're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden they were doing it. And then just, it. boom, done, we're racing. All of a sudden, like, it's, are you kidding here's, me? here's one lap. And it's like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like, it, it was, I was so, I was even so the announcers, upset, like, I actually want to go back and watch it. Because I think it was uh, Martin who was like, oh, I guess, I guess they're bringing him up. It was like, they, like everyone yeah, was confused. It's ending. They're like, it's ending. We're going to race. Yeah, I'm it like, was okay, everyone cool, was like, so confused. Or... Yeah, it was very, very strange. Yeah, at that point, once they decided they were going to let it go, it was over because Lewis doesn't have the tire, so he can't. There was no way he was going to be able to defend it. Like, it was either they were going to crash or he was going to lose. They should have just done. I know this is probably against the rules, and the F1 people who are listening right now are like, you can't do that. That's stupid, blah, blah, blah. Well, Why they can't made they up just, the rules just Sunday. Le- just let everyone go into the pit. 
it the only part that matters is Lewis versus Max. Let them both get fresh tires and then just run a lap. Who cares? What's That's what the big I said. Deal? I said why don't like instead of the caution, just put a red. Yeah. Let them both pit. There's four laps to go and just let them race it out. Yeah, you had to bring out a whole thing to get that other car off. Like, bring up the red. Like, let's get fresh tires. Let's do this right. If you're gonna do it, just do it right. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. But high drama. George's tweet after the race or in the immediate aftermath of the race was unbelievable. We're going to talk about that too. If you're not, if you're only listening on audio, Ryan has one of the great cards I've ever seen in my entire life holding in his hands right now. But George's tweet was amazing. I want to pull it up just so I have it right. I love this move from like your new teammate, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to be on Mercedes next year. I should probably jump in and like show some love, show some love to my guys. Um, So he said, this is by the way, this is like before the race was even over. He said, um, this is unacceptable with like five exclamation points. And then he said, Max is an absolutely fantastic driver who has an incredible, who has had an incredible season and I have nothing but huge respect for him. But what just happened is absolutely unacceptable. I cannot believe what we've just seen. That tweet, when I saw it, I was like, man, I hope they interview all the drivers about what they think about how this ended. I would love to hear from the other drivers. I mean, just getting fresh into the rivalry before you're even on the team. Oh, yeah, because in re- in reality, like Max and George are probably gonna have a longer rivalry or a longer career together than Max and Lewis are, hopefully. But yeah, picked up. Uh, so shout out to to Lou was uh, was bid on this the other day. That's a one on one, right? Yeah, focus. Uh, got a George Russell one on one dynasty patch auto. So was really excited to get that. Some I, I think it'll be just a little one on one George Russell RPA. No big deal. Some some light. Um, yeah, just excited to see him next year next to Lewis, right? What that's going to be like in that car. Yeah, and I think I didn't give enough uh, respect, speaking of next year, I didn't give enough respect to the changes that are coming. Um, so I am interested to follow, because now I've started following like all like the news accounts and like the, all that other stuff to get like more off-season news. I want to see what the changes are really doing to the cars. Because if it's, if it's true that there's going to be four to five teams in the mix for the championship next year, that's awesome. And not just a runaway with just two. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, it'll be fun. So shout out to those of you that were, uh, that made it this far through 11 minutes of Lou and I, uh, chatting about, uh, F1 only. So we said when Tyler was here, this could get ugly and this could be an F1 only podcast, but, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna move on. So Lou, you mentioned earlier, something else that was on your mind. Do you want to chat about that now? I or? do. I do. Um, All right, what, what are you thinking? I've watched a decent amount of Nets basketball in the last week. And I really like Cam Thomas. I think he's a really interesting little player. And I really like his relationship with KD. KD seems to like feed him pretty often when he wants to get going, which is interesting. And so I was thinking to myself, when are cards coming out of his? Because I really think that's going to be the guy that I might be able to snag a little bit on the low, as opposed to like a Kate or, you know, any of those guys and try to get involved with basketball a little bit again, because I've been really out on it. And Cam kind of caught my eye. So I just want to put that out there. So I don't know who Cam Thomas is, so I can't. I went to LSU, know. was the 27th pick in the draft. Gotcha. Yeah, but he's now in the mix now. with, I think he's like LSU seventh, kid. sixth or seventh for the Nets now, probably in terms of like. What, uh, Lou, quick thoughts. We should, you know, we'll have to get Tyler's take next time he's on. Uh, quick thoughts on Zion. Quick thoughts on Zion. Um, I would definitely imagine that he's done for the year if they're leaking that out. Yeah, I would agree. That stinks. But this is what the NBA is. These guys, if they don't want to play, they don't play. So, like, that's kind of how it's going to go. That's what's going to be. And I'm sure the Pelicans are going to be taking it extra cautious with their super, you know, I don't even think it's about the Pelicans, to be honest with you. I think he really, I think he just doesn't want to play. Wow. 
I'll, I'll say this lightly because I know there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. If he wanted to be in shape, barring there's some kind of injury we don't know about or something going on, blah, blah, blah. If he wanted to be in shape, he'd be in shape. That's kind of it. Interesting. All right. Another, uh, another quick take. Uh, Jay put this out there. I saw this right before we went live too. Uh, but it said Michael Rubin was named the most influential person in sports by Sports Business Journal. It's not surprising. I mean, yeah, he's like an owner of an NBA team. He owns like all of the merchandising pretty much across sports. Now owns sports. Owns, owns sports cards is a crazy thing to say, but he kind of does in a way. Um, so <laughs> he kind of like runs sports cards. Um, makes sense. Uh, well-deserved. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he, uh, when someone like that is involved in sports cards, he's going to be involved or his company at least. Yeah. I would say as far as like Ruben's personal involvement, I wouldn't expect to see too much of a difference, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, before we move on, can we talk Tampa card show? uh, Before we get to Tampa. Okay. I want to talk Tampa because I might take a little bit more. Okay. Can you believe that on this podcast, six five six weeks ago we actually had a segment we did this like regularly and it was called chief's panic meter when you say we this was your creation you did that you were scared about the chiefs i was not uh that is actually 100 percent false i said that I if they have, were like down one i have a visual jason made a piece of content with you like Moving it up a tick because you were worried. Yeah, I moving it up a tick you. is not a thing as opposed to no, like. No, you were definitely panicked. Overarching, they're fine. For sure. No, no. That's I mean, not Jay, the both, uh, yeah, I'm down to see the clip. If I was like actually being like, oh, the Chiefs are in trouble. They're really bad. Like I'm down to. If I was like, oh, there's some something to like look out for here. That's one thing. But the Chiefs panic meter was a Ryan Johnson creation. I, from the beginning, said the Chiefs will figure it out. If you, He was never in full panic mode. Thank you, Jay. It was completely fine throughout the throughout the time. From the very beginning, I said they are going to be fine. I think I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Like they're the Chiefs. They're gonna figure it out. They beat the brakes off the Raiders, so that's over. The Raiders are out. I mean the brakes off the Raiders. You know who stinks, right? The Bills. The Buffalo Bills. I knew you were gonna say that. I, you hate the Bills. They stink. Their quarterback stinks. Their coach stinks. I don't know what to say. What are you pulling up the clip right on the screen? What does it say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're recording the podcast. You can't just pull up the clip in the middle of the podcast. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna now sit here in silence and wait for Ryan to watch the clip. Listen. Listen. Here we go. You guys tell me if Lou's like not panicked or panicked. We'll we'll just pull live on air. You would think the Chiefs, man. Lou, we gotta ask, where is the panic meter? So the defense is bad. The defense is a serious problem. The offense also seems like it's a problem. It seems like everyone decided, like, oh, wait, if we just can figure out a way to get Tyreek out of the game, like, their mm-hmm. offense is kind of over. Mm-hmm. I would assume that they will figure it out. I was wrong. Almost like I, I said wrong. it was going to be fine in the end. Because it Lou was always going to be they were going to figure it out. They're a good that team. Was, that, they have, that was definitely... I was wrong. They have a very good coach. They have a very good quarterback. They were going to figure it out. Nothing matters with them, as my friend Greg says. Nothing matters with the Chiefs until January, which is true. They are back. The AFC playoff picture is very interesting. Have you looked at it? There's five uh, teams fighting the, for one spot. Yeah, I saw it the other day when like, uh, like a, the Colts got up to six now. It's like the Bengals and the Bills lost. Um, like, are, 
Are the Bills going to make the playoffs? Would be a real shame if that happened. Would be a real shame. Yeah, so right now, this there's seven seeds in the playoffs now, right? I think because they have the extra spot, right? Is that correct? Jay said one of five, seven to six teams. One of five, seven, and six teams, yeah. So right now, the Colts, Bills, Browns, Bengals, and Broncos all have the exact same record. The, the Ravens and Chargers are one game ahead of them. Yeah, so Bills are the seven seed at the moment. Yeah, so but yeah, but these teams are all going to play each other, so this will all get sh- this will all shake itself out. But the Bills kind of sold their soul to beat the Chiefs in October, and have been off the rails ever since, and like couldn't even cover the spread against the Bucks yesterday. There's so, like, only four teams eliminated. The Jets are one. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I saw yesterday we were finally eliminated. We put up a good fight, you know. We really fought hard, but got eliminated. Bills easy schedule. Yeah. Wait, let me ask you this. My picture, my uh. Super Bowl prediction at the beginning of the year was Rams and Browns. Shout out to the Browns, man. Second in the AFC North now. You know what's interesting about the Browns? They have... Baker stinks. Baker stinks, but like not necessarily, you know? Mm, like no, I was... That was like... When Jason, when we do an end of the year, like good and bad, my prediction, like a Baker Makefield is going to figure it out, Browns are going to the Super Bowl. That's on me. That's bad. I had a lot of Baker stuff, but like he's not, not he's not really good. though, right? Like he might what? not be that bad if they're going to keep winning. If they're going to make the playoffs again and they're going to win the wild card round again, like what do you think? Like not a lot of teams compete year in and year out. I'm like not. Uh, I'm out. I'm sold on Baker. Sold. I would. I would. You could sign me up for Baker right now. I'll say that. No, we've had that Baker or Tannehill. Baker, more upside. No. <laughs> More upside, what? yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I think on, on its face. Don't tell Tyler. Don't nobody. Te- nobody no, wait, no, no, no. I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I'm, I'm taking Tannehill. I'm taking Tannehill. But I do think Baker. Baker's in this weird spot where he was overrated, and now everyone is like he sucks. But it's like the team is still good. So at a certain point, the quarterback gets credit for how their offense performs. And like I don't know, man. Like they're in the mix. They're going to be in the mix this year. They're probably going to be in the mix. Like they were in the mix last year. They're a good team. There's a lot of talent on that team, though, man. A lot of talent. You put Aaron Rodgers on the team, they might not lose a game. That's fine. But Baker's on the team, and they're 7-6. and six, So they're, They have the same record as your Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, my New England Patriots are first in the AFC yes. with a guy that I was It's unbelievable to me that the—I don't want to do a whole show that's not quite related, but it's unbelievable to me that the Patriots are back to being the best team in the AFC. It just boggles my mind. They are the clear-cut number one team in the AFC, and I don't get it. All right, so we can't go a full episode without talking. Cards, Don't get so it. Let's let's uh, let's chat about Tampa, Lou. I know you're you were uh, asking about it a minute ago. I was not let's, there. Uh, what are you thinking about Tampa? I, I was not there, there, so I'm just curious what it was like. Um, what was what was there? What was hot there? I got a lot of F1 pictures sent sent to me from there. Would have loved to hear a little recap. Yeah, so uh, Boston F1 did actually find some. But like overall vibes, right? So let's think about this. Uh, so got there Wednesday. Wednesday was uh, definitely slower. It was kind of like a setup. It used to be VIP only. Um, Wednesday is always slow for a car show. Yes, but the difference for Wednesday or for Friday I've experienced in Dallas versus Friday experience in CollectorsCon was definitely different. So definitely a little bit of a different vibe there. Now I haven't been to the last, I wasn't at the last Dallas show, so I'm not sure if Fridays have you know, taking a downtick because I would assume they have because I think the Friday the Friday before when we were in Dallas was a little slower, but it was a little slower than I expected it to be. 
lot of tables, a lot of variety, overall good atmosphere, uh, comics, cards, Pokemon. Um, there was actually a place to get a haircut. Somebody was cutting hair in the show. I respect that. That's not a bad move, to be honest. I mean, crazy. You had people live on whatnot during the sale. That was interesting. That's definitely something I anticipate will be a bigger, like even bigger trend in 2022. So they had good Wi-Fi there. Uh, I wasn't on whatnot. Sounds so like the know. Wi-Fi was cooking if they were doing live streams. But they were definitely they were definitely doing that. Let's see. Saturday. So we were able to buy a lot of different stuff, a lot of a lot of cool deals. Saturday's foot traffic was definitely less than I had anticipated. Don't know if that is a time of year thing, if that was just normal attendance. I'm not sure. It seemed a little slower than I would have expected. Um, again, I didn't have much trouble, but it seemed like there was a few less patrons than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? As is always my concern with card shows nowadays, would you say that the attendance were outside of the normal people that you typically see at a show from a dealer standpoint? Was it mostly the same crew that goes like, and by the way, like these are our people. So like, I'm not like talking shit on them or whatever. I'm saying like, was it a different crew where you could see different types of cards or was it um, some people we'd see in Dallas, some people would see in Chicago, like that type of crew? Um, Let me think. Let me think about this. Did you see some different types of tables? Stuff you don't typically see normally. But there were definitely some there, right? So a lot of the people that, that mm-hmm. we quote unquote usually see, a lot of those were walking around like content creators, like YouTube vlog, that kind of stuff. I saw a lot of that, of that game. Yep. But yeah, definitely a lot of the same people, uh, you know, that you see at a lot of the other shows. And that's, what's going to be tricky now is like, as card shows have gotten so big, they've become businesses for a lot of people, right? Like you're going to have major, major Mm -hmm. shows competing against each other. That is what's going to be the hardest Mm -hmm. is, you know, when there's Dallas and Atlanta happened before, like when those shows are on the same day, because I know there were shows out in California. There was a Nashville show. There was the Tampa show. There was like another show. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of shows, right? If there's a, if there's shows out in California, people in California are going to stay out there, right? Like you're not coming to Tampa. Well, here's the other thing. of it. It's like these shows are also competing to get the content creators there. So they're trying to get they're trying to get people to come to their show specifically. Um, which is why I always ask if it's like, you know, uh, a different type of crew or if it's primarily um, just like not just content creators, but other people as well. So anyway, um, sounds like it was interesting. I saw you guys posting uh, pictures. I saw you were taking pictures with fans. That's very nice. I saw Mini Me was there. That was cool, too. Go dogs. Um, go dogs, baby. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like it was interesting. I would love to get to a show soon. I just want one to be around here. That isn't going to take me like two hours to get to something like that. So I'm looking forward to getting back to shows in 2022 for sure. Yep. Agreed. All right, let's get into some of the questions. I know Jay grabbed a couple from, uh, Twitter. We have 10 All questions. Right, so we gotta be quick then. 10 questions. All right, so Ted Career asked the first one. He says, what sport has the opportunity to replicate the demand that F1 and soccer has brought to the hobby the past two years? Great question. I've thought about this a lot. I think the answer to this question is any sport. So the reason F1 blew up, so I, I don't think F1 and soccer are the same necessarily because they blew up for different reasons. Like soccer was always kind of just under the radar, trying, trying to break out, trying to happen. It's been like 15, 20 years in the making in this country, right? So that's one thing cards being a piece of that 
is a function of like young people being involved in cards and then young people are buying cards. So they're going to look for the thing that they watch, which is soccer. F1, on the other hand, is, in my opinion, entirely a media creation in that or a con- a t- like a content creation in that the reason the sport got popular was because of COVID and because of the show. I firmly believe the Netflix show is like by far the number one reason that people are watching the sport again. They got into it because they started watching it and they liked it. But the way through the door was the Netflix show, right? And that's why I say it's replicable by any sport. NASCAR could do this tomorrow. The WTA could do this tomorrow. A wiffle ball league could do this tomorrow. Like the one on, I don't know if you go on TikTok very often, right? But there's a TikTok account that has live streams during weeknights of a wiffle ball league and it's electric. I watch it all the time. So, like, that's what I mean in that if you create a well, a well made show with characters who are interesting, of course, this relies on a couple factors. It relies on the show being good and it relies on the characters being interesting, the athletes being interesting. Gymnastics would be a good version for this. Uh, any, I really believe any sport could do it if a show is made well that promotes the league and the athletes that take part in it properly. So I would agree with you hundred percent in terms of like how they are different. I think the closest thing to soccer, you know, and I don't think it will be close truthfully. Like I think soccer has a lot more potential to blow up, but I think the closest thing that will even come. And when I say near it, I don't mean like, it's not going to be close. Like I think soccer will, will definitely be a lot ahead, but I think it would be hockey. Uh, again, just the more mm-hmm. coverage on TV is going to matter, right? With the Disney deal, the seeds are being laid as we speak. They've been getting laid for the last. Yeah, few so months. I think hockey's got some potential there. F one again, like Lou said, it's just like what's going to be relevant. Uh, and I don't know if it would be a sport necessarily, but it's like, is there something that's going to catch people's attention? I think a lot about like the Jordan documentary, right? Like the Jordan documentary is tough as a concept because it's related to one player and one moment in time. You know oh, I mean? but the, yeah, I mean, but like it, it did a lot for those cards at that time. I mean, that was right when COVID happened too. like people were at home. Yeah, I guess that's so fair. again, it yeah. brought up a lot of attention right. to something at that time. I, again, I definitely think F1 is different, but we'll see. Uh, so someone said, uh, Joshua said in April, 2020, 2021, Netflix announced the production of the Bubba Wallace docuseries focusing on Bubba Wallace's 2021 season. We know that this series will show his first NASCAR cup win and focus on Michael Jordan products or product of the 23 XI racing team. What will this do to the impact of NASCAR cards? Should Panini make NASCAR owners cards and have a Michael Jordan card? That's interesting. Well, if it's going to just follow Bubba, I mean, this is kind of we disagree on this, but like if it's going to if it's exclusively following Bubba, I don't think it's as interesting for NASCAR as a whole. But I think we did mention previously that like I think a NASCAR show would be interesting. Yeah, you said you would one hundred percent watch. Locked in if there's a, if there's ever a real NASCAR show. So I think it's interesting, right? Should Panini make NASCAR owners cards? They might already do that because I like Tops does that with the principles for F one and like I think his point here. Is Panini can't make Jordan basketball cards because Upper Deck owns the license. So this would be Panini's way to make a Michael Jordan card without getting in trouble. And that's where I right, don't know right, if it's right, no right. Michael Jordan. But I, I would guess that Jordan's deal is a little bit more airtight where it's sure. anything featuring his name, image, or likeness, if I had to guess. Agreed. All right. Jason Scheifer says, more for Tyler and Lou since Ryan has had a store for years. Do you guys have an LLC or some company that you report your card activity through thinking of doing this so I can take deductions for my purchases? Um, I won't speak for Tyler. I don't know what he's up to. I'll speak for myself. Every single person's financial situation with their cards is going to be completely different. Everyone does things differently. And there's also a million different ways to approach it if you do decide to go like the formalized LLC S-Corp, like any of that kind of route. 
I personally do just because I talk to people in my family. I talk to like accountant that we deal with uh, personally and they kind of let me down that path. So for me, the answer is yes, but it's fully, fully, fully dependent on your situation. And you should talk to someone who understands taxes to tell you what you should do. Yeah, I definitely, it's, I definitely think it's a good thing to reach out and get advice on. Yes, definitely get advice. If you're at a level where you're even yeah, thinking about it, it's definitely worth having the conversation about. The one thing you don't want to be doing is uh, scrambling last minute when, you know, taxes or things like that come due. Um, so I think it's important to, to talk about. Yeah, definitely don't, definitely don't do it the wrong way. Agreed. John Siskin says, do you believe UFC goats like George St. Pierre are undervalued? Not right now. I don't think I don't they follow are. the sport enough to know. Like, again, I didn't I wasn't into UFC when like I'm not super big into it now, but like I I didn't watch a lot of like George St. Pierre fights. So like I saw Mc, you know McGregor fight. So like McGregor interests me more, but I don't I just don't keep up with his market on a daily basis. Like I'll pick up him. I have Same. a couple of McGregor's locked away because I enjoy like I enjoyed watching him fight and like I think he's an all time relevant guy. So I have a couple cool chrome cards that are like locked in the safe and that's it and if i saw one i really liked i'd buy it and i'd put it away but i'm not buying it and like transacting them on a daily basis yeah i'm with you on that um my thing when it comes to ufc and again i've mentioned this before is like it's hard to figure out who the breakthrough guys in ufc are like i think i have a good feel for that stuff and i think george is one of those people but ufc and mma is such a flash in the pan like you have a moment where you get hot, you win a couple fights, and you go, right? And then you're out. Like George is out. He came back for a little bit, I think, but now he's out again. So it's like it's hard to figure out where like the values are in UFC as I just don't follow the sport close yeah, enough. Agreed. All right. So Jason Fisher asks, he said, I pulled a Kobe gold out of ten winner stays out of eighteen nineteen optic, got it graded through BGS, and it came back as a six. Nine, five, ten on everything except the surface was a five. Should I crack it or sell as is? So so that's tough uh typically a grade like that would typically imply that there's some sort of like indent on the card so i would typically check the back for that yeah. so the question like this is always the million dollar question when you have a damage card right if you sell it as is you run the risk of somebody saying you know i didn't know that this card had this much damage i'd like to return it and you set yourself up for that um or if you sell it graded somebody knows that there's no potential upside in grading it the grading is worse than anticipated per se, and it's going to sell for less. So is it maybe try to get a little bit more money and sell it as like, hey, this card's damaged, you know, do that as you want a little bit more ambiguous, or do you sell it graded and say, hey, this is what it is, take it or leave it. I'm just trying to get out of the card. So I think there's two options. It's just more of a personal preference. Personally, I am one, I'm just, I would rather sell it graded and let somebody else make the decision and let them do whatever they want with it just to kind of alleviate any potential quote-unquote headache, I would rather sell it graded, but that's just me. Yeah, I definitely would rather sell it graded. I think you just might have a hard time getting rid of a BGS 6, you know? Like, I think that's a hard card to get rid of. I think if you crack it out and you're honest about it, and you're like, hey, listen, there's a definitely an indent here. This is what it is. And you clearly point it out. All you can do is clearly point it out, right? So... Kind of 6 and one You're like, you'll get rid of the card eventually as a BGS 6, but I think you'll have a easier time if you're if you crack it out and you're honest about what the issues are uh greg kohler asks if you had a thousand dollars to purchase a card to flip in the next three months what or or no says who would you buy i would if we talked about this pre-show but my answer wouldn't change the answer would be some sort of olympic athlete i don't totally know 
which one yet. I haven't, to be honest, I don't really know what's happening in the Olympics, so I don't know who's going to be in it for us. I don't know who's going to win. But probably some kind of snowboarder, Sean White. I just learned who Chloe Kim was today, so she sounds like someone who would be interesting. NHL players are back in this year for the Olympics for for hockey, so that's really interesting for sure. I would probably say some some Olympic athlete uh, would be my answer. Yeah, so three months from today is Sunday, March 13th. Um, So when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking on what is going to be relevant at that time. Olympics is obviously a good one. There's some potential there. That would be Selection Sunday. Um, So you would be right around college basketball. I don't know if there's any college basketball cards. You would actually not be far from F1. So if you believe in somebody coming up there, right, that's three months from now. Um, That's got potential. You would also be a month removed from the Super Bowl. So probably not a lot of Super Bowl stuff there. You're a month out from baseball. That's I was going to say that's I, I didn't think about it before, but that is like that. If there's a strike. Well, there is a strike. It's happening. So, yeah, assuming they start on time, that's around that first week, first, second week of March is around where that first peak of, ba- of baseball is. So that's yeah. I'm not sure. Well. I, I would typically I would probably say avoid baseball with with the lockout situation there. Hockey, right? There's, there's a couple different ones here. Somebody I believed was going to do something in basketball, right? Like, do you think Josh Giddy's going to win Rookie of the Year? Do you think Lamella Ball is MVP? I mean, Steph Curry's going to break the record. Something like something there. Um, I mean, like, honestly, like, I like F1 a lot. Just the fact that it starts in 90, you know, 96 days is right around. Yeah, you know, this actually might annoy you or people would say that I'm like they've been saying this the whole time. It's kind of hard for me to get a read on the prices, right? So like if you bought it today, I don't yeah, know. Is that one going to come on. down? Is it going to go up? Like when's the documentary start? It's definitely going to come down, right? Like that's inevitable. It, that's just how it goes. The question is how far down is it going to go in these three months? And how quick will the, will the trajectory be going back up? to do it that's the problem when you put things in like a in like a window for the yeah, sake I mean, of honestly it's, like it's a good I, one it's a good choice but. to be honest th- th- this is probably a tom brady or pat or uh steph curry boring but a good answers yeah it's just like they're not going down like they're easy to like everybody always wants them there's always a market for them somebody's always like hey do you have tom brady somebody's always like hey do you have steph curry steph curry's gonna break a record in the meantime tom brady might win another super bowl is the favorite to win the mvp yeah, I think that's the easy answer. But, you know, rather than try to time the F1 market, rather than to guess who's going to win a gold medal, rather than guess who's going to win the Super Bowl, just buy Tom Brady and Steph Curry. I think those are the be- two of the better buys. Yeah, Steph might be a bad one because I think he's literally going to break the record like tonight or tomorrow. So that's tough. But generally speaking, yes. Uh, so Cooper is it Palma says with 2021 coming to an end, recap your best memories from card shows this year and what shows you're most excited for in 2022. Best memories from card shows. Um, uh, it was pretty fun recording card talk live in Dallas. We did that a couple times. That was pretty enjoyable. Um, enjoyed that. Let me think. This is hard. I've been to a lot of shows this year, man. I've been to a lot. My easy answer is definitely recording. Uh, I have a distinct memory when we were recording in Chicago of someone coming over and telling us to get out and it was like just very funny like oh, the, just, it was like literally the just announcers us in the whole place loud as loud as can be yeah the announcers yeah as we're yeah as loud as can the be, as we're trying be to just wrap up the recording, they're like minutes. yeah 
Yeah, they basically were saying, like, get but, out. Yeah, but, like, they us. waited until it was time to close to make all of the daily announcements at one time. So it was like, hey, this, you know, this is a lot. Uh, trade night at the National was pretty cool, too, right? There's a couple thousand people that went to that. That was that was crazy. But honestly, just being able to get back to card shows, right? A year ago, we didn't have the National. We weren't going to shows. To be able to get back in, you know, in, in the swing of things, in shows, a full year of card shows. Um, you know, we were all over the country this year. And I went, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good memories in every single city we went to. So, um, yeah. Excited for 2022 shows, though, Lou. Anything stand out? The National. Yeah, listen, I'm not a card show guy like you are. As far as things that stand out, card shows are card shows. You kind of know what you're walking into. I'd be, you know, like this Vegas show sounds interesting. It'll be fun to go to Vegas. I would love to do like a West Coast show for like an extended weekend, not Vegas. Like whether that's L.A., it would probably be L.A., but, you know, somewhere out there would be fun. Um, Something different. All right, Joaquin uh, Lagos says, uh, the dream here, curious when you rip a box or buy a lot, what do you guys do with the base cards? Give them away, make sets individually, Merry Christmas from Van City. Joaquin, the dream. Interesting. It's kind of a fire move, I don't hate that. Is that like self-anointed nickname or like? There's no way to know, but for now, you can only just go with Joaquin the dream. Okay, Joaquin the dream. Um, You know. So he says, he when you rip a box. Interesting. Okay. So he might. He yeah. Might so like base cards in shop, um, you know, some of the, like we have a, we have a mix, right? We have a bunch of 10 cent boxes sorted by teams that people like to come in and pick through complete sets, find some of their favorite player. We sell them for like 10 cents. Right. So like we have some of those when those get filled in addition to any donations that we get, we make kids packs and give them out to kids in shop in addition to like other rookies, inserts, jerseys, autos, et cetera. But we also ship with them. So like when I ship like an expensive card like this, base cards in the front, base cards on the back, I use them as like protection, you know, card condoms, is, if you would, it just, they're protecting the good stuff. So, wow. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that's what they are, right? Protecting the good cards. Yeah, listen, that's a statement to make for sure. Um, that's definitely what I would do with them. That's what I do with them. If I have them around, that's what I use them for. Yeah, for sure. Stuff. Shipping, shipping stuff. Um, last question though. This is from Brian LaFaber. It says, hi, what would you prefer? A small town sports card show or a national level show and why? National level shows are great for content and... Small town shows are good for finding weird cards, bro. There you go. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the national is good for content and networking and vacation style trips. Yeah, I don't care about it. Small town sports card shows are good for uh, deals, uh, buying whole tables, things like that. Buying old tables is a thing that like no one thinks about unless you're like uh, you. Who owns the the shop. I've never once said to myself, "Man, I'm gonna buy this." Absolutely, table. happens a lot. No, but I, I think, I think, uh, I think small shows are really? better. Number one, I think small shows are better because I like the vibes in those small shows more. I just think it's more of like a of like a card show vibe. Bigger shows become about the content and like. We make content, we do all that stuff, but it's like, I don't really care about that stuff. I just want to find different stuff. So maybe we got to get like car talk to like a random show that's like 50 tables kind of off the radar and just live from live from a show. If we could find a card show in like the middle of Nebraska where there's going to be like 40 tables, I want to go. I'm in if you're in. I'm in. I'm ready to go. Find it. I'm there. You find the show and I will get on a plane 
yeah, Lou likes a sweaty, hot, random show. It's a fact. It just feels like that's what Cards is supposed to be. Interesting. It just fits my vibe more. We're going to do that in 2022. I'm ready, Rye. I'm ready to go to a like, random I think I told you guys, show with you. I actually think it would be a I told you this before about the show in uh, Xenia, Ohio, that's got like a, is in like a hog barn with no AC yes. and like has fans. Yes. It's in hog a barn. hog barn? Yeah. An old hog barn. I didn't know it was in a hog barn. Let's go to that show. <laughs> Let's go to that. Something like that. I'm down, bro. I want to go. I think small shows are better because yeah, they're more small fun. small shows are cool. I agree with that. The vibe there is. And it's also, listen, I love cards just as much as the next guy. Get in and get out. We see the tables. We see the cards. Let's move on with our lives. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to walk around in circles for six hours. Just saying. Don't need to waste a whole Saturday. I just don't. I just don't need to spend a whole Saturday at a card show looking at the same cards 20 times. Especially in a hog barn with no heat. You know what I mean? Facts. Like, get me out of there. But also, I want to be in there for the rest of my life. All right, let's get into Play of the Week. Again, Play of the Week is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles. All right, so it'll be a little interesting this time. It's just Lou and I, but we will get through these. Two-man crew. This is weird. All right, so this is from card.collector.3. Lou, is he a part of the coaching tree? Oh, he's definitely part of the coaching tree. The question is, does he follow you or not? And as you're reading, I'm going to check. Okay. All right, so this said, uh, he says, bought this nine uh, BGS 9.5 Anthony Volpe first Bowman Auto at a card show in June. The guy had a sticker on it for $125 and gave it to me for $100. Fast forward a couple months and Volpe is named the Yankees' number one prospect. Check comps and immediately threw it up on eBay at 600 oboe. Someone grabbed it within a couple days. Thanks, guys. Question mark. Is Tannehill still good? He is still good. Don't let the haters tell you any differently. Um, I like this play. I like Anthony Volpe. Um, he does follow Car Collector too, so he's officially part of the coaching tree. Congratulations to Car Collector Three. I'm actually gonna follow him and let him know. Congrats on making it into the CC2 coaching tree. Um, okay, so I think this is a great play. Um, I really like Anthony Volpe. He has a phenomenal, phenomenal signature. Look at that. That's just yeah, a great. It's a pretty good auto. In in the times we're in, there's a lot of there's a lot of autos that are really mailed in. Stink, stink. They're I not mean, really like trying. initials, like just written out. Not even initials. It's like like it's like V, and that's it. Like there's a dude for Kentucky, like BJ Boston or something. I don't know who it is. Yes, that it's guy has like a horrible. B, auto. I know it's exactly like literally what you're just BJ about. or BB or something. It's awful. Yeah, so I think it's a great play. Good foresight by you. Yankees prospect. If he's going to be the Yankees number one prospect, that's awesome. He's going to remain up on that list, I would imagine. So, Lou, I think it's uh, important to point out here. It says sold via promoted listings. That's the second one we've actually seen. Good to yeah, see it's working. Promoted listings are out here. Good to see. I'm glad. I don't totally get it, but I'm glad. All right. This is from Paul Raz. It says, hey, guys, hope you are all doing well. Wanted to try a strategy that I hear about all the time on here, but have never tried myself. The old buy and sell either the same day of arrival or pre-arrival. This is a Mike White play of, of the week. A card a purchase month later. on I'm eBay. in. Saw the opportunity back when Mike White had his run and made his Mike White play. Or made this Mike White play. Knew that a true NTRPA of him would be one of his more desirable cards. So I picked this up in the fourth quarter of his breakthrough game because of the potential ceiling. Quickly reposted the same card, same title, and same pictures for a higher price immediately after purchase. Lo and behold, anything is possible. Results are pictured, not a bad play for a quick turnaround. So for those that are listening and not watching, on uh, 
October 31st is when Mike White had his uh, great game. He paid for it. He bought it for $174.99. And then it says it sold a couple days later. I would love to know. I would love to know what time he he bought it. We like said time during his fourth quarter. It? During the fourth quarter. Yeah, oh, fourth so quarter of his breakthrough okay, game. Great. And then he sold okay. it like four days later on November 4th for $699.99. I was so what I was doing while we were do, while we were talking about this was I was looking at the schedule of the Jets as it was going because I can't remember it all off the top of my head. So November 4th, he buys it on the fourth quarter. This guy buys it probably, the person who bought it probably bought it. And I'm saying this with pain. He probably bought it right before the Colts game, which did not go well for Mike. Well, uh, Lou, it's important to point out here. He paid for it on October 31st. The guy shipped it on October 31st, but it did not get to the original seller, Polraz, until d- November 10th, which is six days after he sold it on eBay. So he definitely missed a whole game. I feel bad for the person who bought it, unless they're just a Mike White fan, whatever. But like, tough, great play by Polraz. I'm going to say this. This is the same. This is the classic same day. You see something happening, you make a play, and it works out for you. It's the other end of if, you're, if you get ahead of something. It's kind of the other end of the Jason thing. Where he bought the Mike White card before the start, and then he sold it right after. I'm sure the guy who probably bought that card flipped it for some for a little bit more. So great job by Polraz to make some money here. Hopefully it all worked out okay. That's all I'll say. Yeah, somebody got caught holding the bag on this Mike White. Seven hundred bucks for a Mike White NT is a lot. All right, so this is from Monstar Collectibles. He says, I bought this Spider-Man car raw for one thirty on eBay with the anticipation of the new movie coming out. Got it graded by SUC and it came back at nine five. I was ecstatic. I sold it for $500 with the days counting closer to Spider-Man No Way Home. A good profit off of a card I took a chance on. Thanks, guys. P.S. Carson Wentz is better than Tana Scrub. Man, just coming for Ty's neck. They must have known he wasn't going to be here. Yeah, what's Tana Scrub. So, so this, these cards are really cool. Um, these are the ones that, that kind of go hand-in-hand with that other Marvel set that we know very well. Uh, so these are, uh, Lou, it's funny because like, if you look at like this card... This is one of the, like, we see a bunch of these of Jordan in the shop. Like, hey, I got one of them Jordan hollow cards. Can I, uh, is this worth like $1,500? Because they're from the same time period. Do you know these are like big for Marvel, right? Yeah, but like for Marvel, but not for like Michael Jordan. Yeah, but yeah. not for MJ. Yeah. Yeah, they're. Uh, That's funny. Is that 90 Impel? 130. 90 Impel. So he bought it for Impel, 130 yeah. Canadian. Uh, 130 CAD. Yeah, call it one, another 35 to grade it. So he's probably in it for, call it 175 all in. Sold it for 500. It's pretty good. Held it for a decent amount of time, too. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Wow. That's that's pretty good insight. I mean, he bought it in March or February and didn't sell it till November. Yeah. Bought it February 28th. Didn't sell it to November. It's a good job. And Santana scrub. Yeah. Well, that part's tough. He's been eliminated from contention for me. But other than that. Hate to see it. All right. So this is from Rick's Rips. He says, here's my submission for play of the week. Back on September 1st, a friend of mine who is really into UFC, but not into cars, sent me a video clip of Patty Pimblitz. So his nickname is Patty the Batty. Okay, Patty the Batty. The man was electric on the mic and gave off big McGregor vibes. After his fight, I went for two of the Panini Instants out of five and paid $108. Oh my gosh. For those that are listening, wait till you hear what he sold this card for. He said, I went for two of the Panini Instants out of five, and I paid $108.23 total. I wanted to lock in profit, so I accepted an offer for $1,000. This is for the first one. This is before he signed yep. with So Barstool? I planned to keep the other, but the next week, 
he signed a deal with Barstool and his stuff blew up. I accepted an offer for $3,250. I turned $109 into $4,250 minus fees in just a few weeks' time. Lock it up. I mean, do we have any more? Because this up. is the winner. <laughs> so the reason why I got excited about this Patty, Patty the Batty thing is two reasons. One, Rick. I talk to Rick all the time. One more RIP. Yeah, tough for that next person. Um, Rick Rick is a, a buddy. He hits me up all the time. We chat all the time. And then the Patty the Batty thing is interesting because I thought this happened after the, the Barstool thing. So we, what happened was he went super viral for an interview. I know I kind of have a, a decent grasp on this whole story. He went super viral for an interview. And because he's Irish and because he talks a lot, people were like, oh, Irish, he's like another Connor, blah, 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 blah. And then he signed up with Barstool and he's gotten more popular since then. So I can't even imagine what these cards are worth now. What a play. $32.50 and he paid $50 a card. Oh my goodness. Lou, nobody caught this. He sold it to Steve Aoki. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, that's Aoki's eBay page, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Did no I Jay? Did you so. not catch that? What a what a! I mean, wow! What a moment in time. This gets even more electric. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting play. It's a great job. So this is why it's good to listen to your friends who don't necessarily know about cards. If someone's breaking through to one, everyone has a friend who like nothing gets like they don't get excited about anything. Blah blah blah, or think they do get excited about stuff, and you just pay attention to things they send you. Sometimes a clip comes across your screen and you're like, wow, I really got to do this. Literally what happened to me with F1. My friend was like, watch a show, watch a show, watch a show, watch a show. I finally watched one clip and I was like, oh my God. And it's, it just clicked. This is the exact same thing. Great job. 50 bucks. So to Steve. That, that makes it even better. 109 into 4250 in a few weeks. So after fees, if you're losing 13, I mean, 13%, I mean, he's making. Bro, he made four grand. $3,500 on a hundred bucks. Yeah. All right. Next one. Sorry in advance. Yeah. Rick, you should give your friend something for that. Just put that out there. Monster again. We can't do double ups. Jay, Jay, you let them double up. Jay. Jay. He made a a mistake. We were on such a good run. All right. All right. All right. Let's read it though. All right. So it says play the week submission from Monster again. He said, what's up, guys? Took your advice on noticing trends going on in the hobby with the F1 World Championship title race this weekend. I took a shot. Bought this Lewis Hamilton Topps Chrome base for 120 or 150 on eBay. Uh, after taxes and shipping, I was in the card about at 160. Relisted it on Saturday night prior to the race for 250 buy now and sold it for 250 during the race when it looked like Lewis had the race locked up. Rip. Uh, after the fees and shipping, I was able to net 216, bringing my profit to $56. Not big margins, but proof of concept, noticing trends, and capitalizing on the opportunity. Shout out to Lou for saying F1 is the best quick flip right now. Keep the content coming, guys. I will say this. This is not going to win play of the week this week, and it is Monstar's second submission of the week. Shout out, Jason. Um, but this is a good rep. This is what you wait, call wait, a wait, good rep. Wait, Jay said it was not Monstar. So he it's even it worse. Mistake. It was DNJ underscore II on Insta. All right, well, hang on. Let me pull this up now. It's still not going to win, and my analysis remains the same. Yeah, so Dante, shout out to him for the play. Shout out to um, Dante. Great play. Uh, again, uh, love the uh, paying attention, noticing trends, capitalizing on that. I think that's good. That's what Rick's did with the, you know, Patty the Batty. 
Um, so, heck of a play there. Was he going to beat Patties? There's probably not a lot we would have picked to win that. That's that's pretty crazy. So, um, that would be my winner. Yeah, I mean, Patty the Bat is definitely the winner this week. Thank God there wasn't any con- uh, controversy because it could have been ugly with just the two of us. But, um, Patty the Batty, definitely the winner. We can go back to that real quick, Jay. Excellent job. Definitely get, get your friend something nice. Yeah, for I'll sure. Like the next UFC fight, do the something next nice. UFC for your fight friend, is on Rick. you. Exactly. You guys go to the bar and you yeah, pay for beers the beers. In the fight, you're buying. Or have him over, get him yeah. his favorite beer, pay for it. It's on you. $150 night to make it up to your friend who, who made you 3500 bucks is well worth it, Rick. Just don't forget that. Lou, real quick, real quick rapid fire question. Yes or no answer. Are you telling your friend about this play you made and how much money you made because of him? Yes, absolutely. I want my friend. I've been trying to get my friends to buy cards for three years. Of course, I'm going to tell them. Actually, I do it with F1 all the time. My friend wanted to buy George Russell's and Lewis Hamilton's for 200 bucks. And I was like, no. Or he was like, no. Hate to see it. You always tell your friends about your, your wins and else and cards. I do anyway. All right. Well, that is all we've got for play of the week. Again, play of the week. Do we? Go ahead, you You've had your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles. All right. Uh, I'm so sad for Jay. He's I know, such man. Talk all that smack. Like, I'm not going to make any more mistakes. And just smoke. Tyler's out and you just smoked it. It happened. Yeah, listen. Tyler goes away and all of a sudden things fall apart. Yeah. You know, what It's I mean? like when there's a just substitute still... teacher and you just like. Tyler is away. Let's. We should not tell him. Do you want to not say anything and just see how, like, just see if he, like, jumps in next week coming in hot, like, roasting Jay? It'll be great <laughs> if he does. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lou, real quick, before we wrap up, we've got a uh, latest launch. You've got Flux Basketball, Tops, uh, Tops Allen and Ginner Chrome Baseball. You've got Bowman Inception Baseball, Panini Contenders Baseball, Panini Impeccable Football. Panini Impeccable Football? Yeah. Expensive three box case. You get one of those like gold or silver bars. That's yep. this year. So it's Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. impeccables. That's a yeah, big, big deal. product. Yeah. How is it possible that the basket the football is out, but the basketball isn't? I don't release products, and I don't work for Panini America. How is that possible? God, right, we're not going to do that again. But like, how is that possible? Um. NBA hoops I saw popped up on a on a screen somewhere. Yeah, it was supposed to be December thirty first, got pushed back, and is now January first, January seventh. January seventh, NBA hoop. That'll be the With first one. NBA right? logos for Cade Cunningham, your guy Cade, Cade Thomas, mm-hmm. is that Cam Thomas, Cam yeah. Thomas. Bro, I'm not even joking. You should like watch him play, and the way KD just like just feeds him is awesome. No thanks, but. I mean, I get it. It's, basketball's not my thing either. I'm just saying. I've been enjoying watching that. All right. Shout out to Lou. Lou, appreciate you uh, holding it down with me on this episode. Tyler will hopefully be back next week, but it was fun. Ohio State, Michigan fans, we can we can get along. Uh, go dogs. Yeah, but go dogs, baby. Go dogs go for dogs. sure. All right. See Thanks you guys. Everybody. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com, and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.